Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, everybody, to the Really Charlie Podcast. I use Anchor for my podcast because it's easy. I can um, access it on my phone, on my computer, um, whatever it may be, my iPad. It's definitely very, very easy to use. And, um, if I could, I would do a podcast every day. Anchor helps me do that because it's so simple and easy. Um, friends, my family, um, the listeners, and in some case, the viewers, they, they all enjoy it. It's a very, very easy transition. Um, and Anchor is definitely the key to that. And I highly recommend that if you want to start a podcast, just download the app of Anchor and it's really self-explanatory and it really, really, really can get you started and off and running. So try Anchor just like I did. Hey, 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 this is the Really Charlie Podcast. Welcome aboard, listeners, viewers. Um, I'm here with my guest, Mike, Mickey. I'm not saying Michael, Mickey Gonzalez. He's uh, one of the best shooters to come out of New Bedford. Um, good mentor for me and many, many others. Definitely set the, the bar high. When we were all younger kids looking up to this guy, shoot lights out before the three-point line, he definitely was already there. He could have edged his name in the, in the hard floor, and that was his spot anywhere on the court. It's just amazing that, um, you know, me here in, in New Bedford, Massachusetts, seeing this man growing up since I was a kid, later on as an adult, actually kit coach my one of my daughters and uh, I'm just I'm fascinated I love this dude without a doubt and um without further ado Mickey Gonzalez what's up coach hey Charles I can't beat that with a stick wow (laughs) good Uh, (laughs) I appreciate that and I thank you for what you what you do you know I'm bringing this to our people and the people in general Yes. Followed me and followed others in which you have done in the past. Mm-hmm. But I'm uh, uh, I'm flattered by this, and I thank you very much. Uh, well, before it's... we go on, I, I just some people I need to mention right away. Yep. And one is your dad, who was uh, a super role model to me. You know, uh, your father growing up in the playground, and everybody knows who Charlie Perry is. The dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dad. He ran Middle Street Playground, and he he protect me from the older guys and everything. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time he seen me drinking a beer, he cracked me right in my face. Yeah. And it wasn't a thing where I was buying beer growing up and getting beer. It'd be like things like uh the game would end, somebody have a case, hey Mickey, want a beer? Certainly, yeah, I'm thirsty. Drinking your father cracked me one time. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling me, You're not gonna be like these drug dealers and losers right over here. <laughs> yep. Right over here. You know what he always kept you know, every time I go to the park, he'd pick me, select me. 
uh, always had my back. And, you know, I'm going to be, uh, when I go to the Hall of Fame, induction to this Hall of Fame, I'm going to be entering for New Bedford High School. Uh, he's the foundation. It's where, it, you know, it, it began with people like him. Mm-hmm. You know, when I come home from college, he would say, oh, you had a great game. Read in the Boston Globe, you scored 24 points. So I read, you had 20, and he would watch me like a hawk. So your father was always like a, 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 a big, big brother to me who very mm-hmm. much protected me. And he was an outstanding basketball player himself defensively. He was on another plane than a lot of people. Yeah, he's... And before we go on too, Charlie, I, I, I need to mention this and I want to mention this because, you know, we, we're dealing with this, this COVID and, and things have been very difficult with everybody throughout this country. Yeah, I lost four great people in these past two or three years. And uh, I lost my uh, high school basketball coach, the great Jack Nabri, a legend. He is in uh, the Massachusetts High School Hall of Fame. I lost my college coach, Bruce Greeley. He had a nice, nice house right at the bay on the Cape Cod, right on the canal. He's in the uh, uh, NCA Hall of Fame, uh, but he he clashed with the administration at Fram State. You know, know what's crazy about him? He's in the uh, uh, NCA Hall of Fame, but yep. he ain't even in Framingham State's Hall of Fame. <laughs> shows you his greatness there as a college coach. Uh, and Father Driscoll who I always called my second father mm-hmm. right? when he would come pick me up at middle street pot. Yep. They would say, ah, oh, your father's here. Your father's yeah. here. <laughs> you know, who, uh, I, I don't know if I could be sitting here telling stories or have a college degree or have the good things that have happened to me in my life. If it was out there, man. And of course my dad, you know? yes. uh, I'm very fortunate. I've had great parents. A mother and father, a mother and father. Let me just tell you this about my dad, right? He um um affected me. Yeah, he had Go ahead, coach. I just had an audio. Go ahead. I'll yeah, say no, because I want to get this up there. He we grew up where we used to laugh and call it a wild, wild west in the West End, you know? Yeah. We always have said the village raises us. Coach, I just had an audio. Go ahead. Yeah. Always said the village raises us and all of this. And uh just think of this, Charlie, growing up in the wild, wild west. It was pretty tough. He had four children with all four college degrees. Wow. You know, that, and that's a story in itself to me. So Yeah, it is. I needed to mention those four people because I, I know I'm going to probably connect on and tell a lot of stories. But I think your dad and the four people that were very big in my life that just passed, I think I, I very much needed to mention mention those people. You know? And, and and that's 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 what we should do. That's what all of us should do, you know, because we all, um, you know, sometimes our mentors or the people that we appreciate and look up to, they don't get to hear those great words. They don't get to hear those words from uh, from certain people. And um, you know, so all in all, you know. Just like you're speaking of all these people and that were huge to you in your life. And um, I just want to let you know that you've been huge to a lot of people's lives in this city, across the state, you know. And, uh, yeah. don't... and, and there's a guy, and there's a coach I left out because I only went to Boston State, played one year. Let Jim Lester talk, played for the Celtics, coached me one year uh-huh. at, Boston, at Boston State. 
he passed away, I want to say, four or five years ago. And he was, he was very huge and instrumental in my life as well. So I don't want to forget uh, my buddy Jungle Jim. <laughs> yeah, and this, that's what this is about. That's why it's the really Charlie, you know, part. What a crazy story, Charlie. I know yep. we're going to be in the stories, and I, I'm here to tell them, you know what I mean? So one of my first games, we're playing up upstate New York, right? And I'm playing for Boston State. And we were down 10 points with a minute left, right? And we went at the buzzer. So on the way home, the ride, I believe, was like a four-and-a-half-hour ride. I don't even know where we were. I want to say upstate New York, Buffalo, maybe somewhere around there. The bus stops at a package store, right? And he went out with the coaches, and they put a 12-pack of beer on each one of our laps. And said, great victory. Enjoy the ride home, fellas. The drinking age was was 18 at that particular time. But I could imagine a friend of mine, like a Brian Baptiste over here. Can you imagine a Brian if somebody did that today? Whoa, lawsuits. They'd be out the door. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? He always treated us gentlemen. You know what I mean? We had to wear a suit coat in the game. I mean, you could go to the game naked, but as long as you had the suit coat, it was okay. That's right. You know? It's um, the. it's amazing how, uh, you know, there's one thing I got to give credit to the diocese about, and that, that's, um, you know, the building, you know, Holy Family. And, uh, you know, I'm glad it's, you know, still, you know, St. Lawrence is used to me because that's where my parents got married. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so, and uh, actually, I think the last person, last personal friend that I had that went to Holy Family Actually, was flea. Yes, the, you know, and um, yeah, so. I, I was teaching at Holy Family. I had Fleety, I had Johnny Sylvia there. Yep, and two of the best. God, Johnny Sylvia was in another world, and obviously, everybody knows uh, Flea. But they both were there, and I tried to get them to get. I called Gene Cody, you know, and he wasn't happy when I did that. But I'm glad the way it happened for Eddie because he's a great. Great friend of mine, the things he done. But yeah. I thought at that time their best interest would go to Volk and get a trade because neither guy, uh, neither guy really had much support in the classroom. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? Yeah, in fact, he really had to keep an eye on them. So I thought a trade would be better for them. And uh, uh, so they both went their separate ways. And, separate. and I see Johnny today, and it's always a hug. And, and uh, they used to call him coast to coast. He's one of the fastest guys to see baseline to baseline. Oh, yeah. And the same could be said for <laughs> Flea. And if mm-hmm. Edmund Gomes come on, he's as fast as I saw. So we're talking, we ain't talking about chop living here. You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? But let me, I want to say one other thing with the Holy Family thing because I was teaching at Holy Family the last year as it was open. Mm-hmm. And Father Driscoll, there was a lot of pressure on him. There was a meter at his house every day. And he wow. went up to my house. I had a little apartment right around the bend from uh, Holy Family. And he would come to my house to hide away from the media. And he would just sit at the dinner table and read the Bible for four hours. And then he'd tell me, okay, Mickey, I know I know their routine. They're gone now. Mm-hmm. I guess they would wait around dinner time. They'd go over his house, a bit rectory. And he would come for four or five hours. And he told me they raised a quarter of a million to keep Holy Family open. And they could have went, we could have opened 
two more years, but everything was happening in a different direction, you know. The nuns that were there, they took them away. So there were people, it took that religious element out of the school, so to speak. You know what I mean? But Holy Family had such a strong tradition. You know, you had doctors, lawyers, great basketball players, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so it was kind of sad to see that go away because if I'm not mistaken, it was open well for 100 years. I think a lot of people don't know that either. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that, he was the one that had to make that call. And I know there were a lot of people hot on him and everything. And he just told me, he said, look, two years from now, the same thing's going to happen. So we're going to do this again. So uh, he made that decision. Uh, I saw the man, wow, in pain doing this. But he would come to my uh, house, pray every day. And, uh, and you know, it, it, what it, is, it is what it is now, the way it yeah. ended. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, we got Donna Poyan says, Coach G, my favorite basketball coach. I wish I could have stayed on JV all four years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Donna, Donna, Donna was a sweetheart. Uh, yeah, hell of a softball player. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. Nice, she's hell of a uh, softball player. Well, well, you know what? Uh, thank you for the compliment. But uh, the JV guy, you know, was the easier guy always to have that repertoire with the kids. The varsity guy was the tough bad guy. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was personality. If you can connect, you know. And I think some kids were a little shy of some time of our head coaches that coached with me at, at New Bedford High School. Uh, and they always would come to me with things, just like when I coach. Mm -hmm. They would go to my assistant coaches with things, issues with me. You know what I'm trying to say? It, it, to me, that was always important, always to having a, uh, a female assistant coach, you know, because uh, – one thing I found when I went from boys to girls, the difference was the sensitivity <laughs> of coaching. You know what I mean? I can yell at one girl, it could be cool. I can yell at another girl, she's in tears. So you yeah. had to get to know your players, you know? And then once you knew them, be sensitive and take it from there. You know what I mean? But my, the, the, the great players always love me. And they, they've told me this that played for me, the all-stars, the superstars, is that I was very hard on them. You know what I mean? And uh, I always had a lot of runs with the AD because I was a very outspoken coach. I would, mm -hmm. remember telling one lady, and I think I ended up in Mike Career's office, I don't tell you how to bake cookies, don't tell me how to coach. <laughs> I remember telling another parent, I think I was in Mike Career's office again, she said, you treat uh, my daughter different from the others. And I, my comment to her was, I treat everybody the same, and that's rotten. <laughs> <laughs> but, Charlie, that you know that ain't the truth because I was up on everybody in the classrooms, and my, my best time of the day with my players would be when we'd be stretching where I can go to each kid and ask them how they're doing, how's family, and you need to get better in this classroom or do these things. Yeah. And so that was my little sweet time with my players when they were stretching out and all, you know. But, but hey, thank you, Donna. And thank, Donna was a big influence of me. Uh, I don't know if people know, but Donna was a big influence of me because she's part of the committee 
on me making the New Bedford High School Hall of Fame. So, Donna, hopefully we'll have this uh, get this done in May because I've been waiting a long time now. <laughs> well deserved. Um, standing room only. Watch. Standing room only. Uh, your ex-teammate here, Michael Kahn, says, I just want to thank Mickey, who was responsible for myself, Sonny Silva, Tony DePina, uh, Brian Hauser, David Holtman. We all went to Framingham State. What an incredible shooter, but even a better person. And that's so, that's true. Even, wow. you know, so, hey, sometimes we don't want to listen to Michael Kahn, but sometimes this stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> He's on point, man. And um, yeah, I know when it comes to basketball, he's sincere to him. And he definitely. Yeah, I, I, um, I started getting a lot of guys from New Bedford to frame it in. He didn't mention another name, Kenny McLean. Uh, Tony DePina, David Oatman. Yeah, yep. a lot of these guys, I started getting that pipeline into Framingham State. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael, what, the good thing with Mike is he hung in there, hung in there, and then his time came. You know, there was a time there with uh, Bruce was like, gee, I don't know if I should keep Michael on the team. I, Michael is a, a great team player. In such a smart basketball, but I always thought he'd be an excellent basketball coach. And you know, people flung out, injuries came. Mike hung in there and ended up being a a good asset to Framingham State basketball. Uh, a couple of years after I left out of there, As, you know, um, I think the real little guy everybody knows who Michael Casasio is. He is also a great, uh, great person. You know. Uh, yeah. And he uh, he always gives me credit for being the best shooter he ever saw and everything. So anything I could say, I don't know, is he had the front row seat at Freeman State watching. Yeah. So it's always everybody's opinion. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, Mike. Michael always Michael always tells me the story how you were taking jumpers along the side um, the sideline near the bench. And he said, right, you, were, yeah. you were as far as you can go. He said, your butt was in his face because <laughs> that's how right, far right. on the court you were shooting from. And, well, like um, I said, Charlie, I, I was very one-dimensional, you know. If I could tell kids anything or give kids any advice, that would be to expand your game. When you first mm -hmm. learn how to shoot, right, where do you learn how to shoot? Close to the basket. So the more you practice, expand it, come on outside. But as time goes on, you develop as a, a basketball player. And here's what I mean by expand your game. I had two pet moves, right? I should have probably, with a man that could you know, shoot the ball, I should have probably had 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? But the only thing I always did was just practice on my shot. So in other words, you got two pet moves, put it in the bank, expand, learn another one. Everything you do right, you do left. You know, learn another one. Get that down, get another one, get another one, get another one. I heard Kobe Bryant speak after his death, and he, he was talking about something like this. And who's not to argue with this man? You know what I'm trying exactly. to say? But I would say expand your game in that way. I mean, I became very uh, one-dimensional. Everybody knew what I did. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, 
wish I could expand my game. It's obvious after when everything's said and done, what you know now as compared to what you knew back in the day or anything like that. You know, obviously, even coaching. But I look at tapes now and watch me coach, right? And I watch tapes because I'm scouting me. You follow what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to get back into this. You know, I had a couple of offers once. Uh, 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 I left New Bedford and everything. Well, I should say holy, uh, holy family and all. But I chose that path anyway. So, uh, but and it's it, always nice to hear Michael talk about a basketball junkie, huh? Yeah, he's, he's he, you can, I mean, we had conversations, him and I, and he, he can just go. And I mean, oh, you, yeah. you, right. you got to listen, you got to, and I listen so I can learn something. And usually after speaking with Mike, I learned something. Um, I love basketball stories, regardless of who it's coming from. But um, I don't mind listening to Mike Kahn, the con man, tell me stories about a lot of things, you know. And uh, the uh, you and I, we talked about a story, um, you know, about you scoring some a lot of baskets, forty-one points in Boston, and um, yeah, that, tell was, uh, that story. Uh, this was crazy, right now. I've kind of made a name for myself my junior year at uh, Holy Family because we played, they used to have this Catholic high school tournament that was held in Boston, right? And we played there. It was a very prestigious tournament. It probably had just as much clout or more clout than the state tournament. You know what I mean? You had the Catholic schools, all the great players were there, you know? And I kind of made my name my junior year. We went up against Don Bosco. And they were the number two team in the state. And they had this guy named Dwan Chandler, who, when he was a freshman, was regarded as the the best player in Boston. Here's this kid getting 40, 38, 30. And he's only, yeah, he's only a freshman, right? So we're going to play Don Bosco. And they got their center 6'9". They had three scholarship players. Two with with Dwan. Dwan was the point guard. He went to Boston College. They had uh, Bolio, who went to Harvard, but could have went to Southern Cal, all these big schools. But he was an intellect. He went to Harvard and all of that. And Sean Green, who went to uh, Northeastern. Now, the best defender covered me, and his name was Chester Rodriguez. He was 6'3". You can see I'm a basketball junkie. But anyway... uh, he covered me, and what I liked the way, way he covered me, he got right into my space, which was good for me because I was a guy to move it out the ball and run you through picks and screens. Mm-hmm. And so people out here were saying, and it came more or less from the New Bedford High School side, they're going to get beat by 60, 70. Don Boston was that good. They were number two in the state. We got beat by six or eight points. Oh, wow. I remember – Juan had 24 points in that game. I had 20. We went basket for basket. And that's when I started making a name for myself in Boston because when I would go play there, everybody knew who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'll tell you a story about the Boston shootout a little down the road because it's right. funny too, you know what I mean? Um, in that particular game, Dwan was – it was my junior year. Dwan was 
punching me in the game, calling me names. And every time I scored, I used, I was yelling back, how come y'all not playing me? How come y'all not, how come y'all not playing me? How come y'all not playing me? Mm-hmm. And um, so this was going back to the whole game. I remember Jack Nabriga taking a timeout and just screaming and yelling at me because he always had disciplined players. Mm-hmm. Caught up with the walk. It came from the days playing in Middle Street Park, right? Yep. And uh, years later, I would go and I'll tell you a Boston shootout story later on. But I made a name for myself in that particular tournament. And Jack Nabriga, who ended up being a Hall of Fame himself, got a lot of good coaching praise. And um, I'll, I'll save that Boston shootout story because I think people like Michael Kahn and them would probably love to hear this. Okay. Yeah, we'll, the, get a, uh... we'll get a cue back on But what that initiated, Charlie, I was sitting in Knuckleheads a couple of uh, summers ago, and this tournament was prestigious. You had Ron Perry, King Gaskins, Dwan Chandler, Jimmy Walker, all these great players are playing this tournament. And somebody said, do you know that you have the record in that tournament? And I said, get out. They said, yeah, you scored 41. And King Gaskins had 40. You have the record. Wow. And so I ran home and I looked it up. I couldn't find nothing. So when you called me, I said, hey, do me a favor. That's something I would like to know. Mm-hmm. Try to research that and see if that's true. You know, because somebody was telling me at Knucklehead, somebody that's a basketball junkie into basketball. I think it was like I think it was Mark, I want to say Mark Kapka. Uh somebody that was very much into that and everything. And Charlie, I that was I would never shoot a basketball game, game like I took 18, 22 shots at 18, and I had two laps that game and six foul shots. Wow. Now, I think – I know I would add over 50 that game if the three-point shot was in. Mm-hmm. Remember, no three-point shot was in. Wow. So that, that, you, we all have a signature game. You know yeah. I mean? That was my senior year when I got to 41. My junior year when I had – the Bosco game against Don Bosco. That was my junior year. They beat us by, you saw the Clippings. Yeah. You saw the Clippings of my senior year. Uh, the Cardinal Spellman game. The one Spellman I had. game, yep. 41 against Cardinal Spellman. Yeah. You know what happened, Charlie? They they eliminated us with Peter O'Bill playing my senior year. Oh. We ended up meeting them in the state tournament. It was in the semis. And uh, they had a nice player, Tony Gibbs, 6'2", from Brock. And they had another guy, 6'4", Ford. I remember them, too. Because me and Tony Gibbs became pretty much good friends. Because yeah. he covered me when I got to 41. Mm-hmm. He held me to 24 in the state tournament. But they beat us, and he was an exceptional player. He was a gentleman, too, you know, to help you off the floor. He wasn't like Dwan. Dwan had a little ghetto in him and everything, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, we talked to her earlier before coming on the air, and um, uh, someone says, my man giving knuckleheads a shout-out. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I am. Knuckleheads is the best restaurant in the state of Massachusetts. I love it, dear. My brother, my, my brother, Derek Conn Stone, Stoney owns the place. The waitresses treat you with class. Mm-hmm. I'm there every Sunday. If anybody wants to come and talk basketball, I go there. That's my hideout. Every Sunday I'm over there just having fun. You know, Quinn Fennel, I'm looking for him. 
He's been AWOL. He used to be there. Where yeah. Where you at? And I was just tell them stories about uh, Marvelous Marvin that played for uh, Holy Name, mm-hmm. uh, Gaskins, or uh, Reggie Bird, all these stories. So every time I go to Knuckles, I, he comes sit with me, tell me about Reggie Bird, tell me about King Gaskins, tell me about mm-hmm. this one. Because I was such a basketball junkie, like a guy like Michael Cronin's today. Yeah. But no, I say that. Uh, I say that uh, Knuckles is a great place. To eat yeah, it is. It is. That, that's def- that is definitely a shout out. There's no question about that. I I love the place. Been going there for years, and uh, love the people there. Never had a bad experience there. Whether it was food, whether it was just sitting there, definitely a great, great place. Um, yes. The um, let me see. Oh, I guess you already asked this question. It says ask one of the best shooters to come out of this area, where's his favorite place to eat? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's somebody that's probably at Knuckleheads. Probably. Probably. Probably sitting there with a couple of cold ones with me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's a good, good place, you know? Wow. Um, my, like my brother here, he says, Brother Kevin said, "Bang bang, prime rib knuckleheads," and yeah. I know, yeah, he was there faithfully all the time. He's probably still going there, um, but it, it's just a good place. Now, um, now your history and and you know New Bedford High School for me is is the coaching part. Um, you coach that Holy Family. Um, any other place I'm missing? Yeah, I coached one year at Coyle Cassidy. That's right. No, I didn't know that. I knew that. Um, I, 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 I coached at New Bedford JVs for like 12, 13 years. Right? One year freshman and 12 JVs. And then the athletic director from uh, Coyle, which I was a good friend with, Mike Otto Vanelli. Mm-hmm. Popular name. Great basketball coach. Uh, I was a great athlete at uh, Bishop Stain. Uh, called me. He was the athletic director, basketball coach at Coyle Cassidy. Hey, can you come here and, and coach my program? And he wanted a new guy in the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there was a lot of fiction there. Uh, Coyle was known as a hockey school and a girls softball. So I went there. We yeah we we were picked to be in the last place in the division, and we came in fourth place. You know what I mean? Wow. We only had, I think, like four wins, but we upset Stang, beat Conley Twig. So uh, it was a good experience. And then that's when Bob Foster uh, resigned at New Bedford High School. So my intentions were staying at Coyle, uh, was staying at Coyle Cassidy. And I had people like Eddie Roderick's uh, really want me to come because Gretchen was there. Mm-hmm. I'm in Coach Gretchen. And a lot of great people that I coached with on McLeod and Reggie and them. At, uh, at New Bedford High School wanted me to come back and coach at New Bedford High School. But that's not my decision, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but everybody knew I was the best person for the job. Uh, Dick Pont had left at that time as the athletic director, so uh, he kind of set it up for me. Mm-hmm. It was, he had to put some stipulation in the contracts and everything, you know what I mean? Uh, and I still wasn't getting that job. Uh, it, it, took the NAACP to make a phone call. Mm-hmm. 
and we can go around the pod. I don't care. We'll talk about what you want. Yeah. Talk. Yep. I mean, along with Eddie Rodgers, you know, that got me yeah. there. That got me that job, you know. Um, and, but that wasn't looking good. That wasn't looking like I was getting that job. Uh, and Eddie called me the night before, and, he, and then he got Shelton called to school in the morning. Shelton called. You, we know Shelton is right. Yep. Yep. The president of NAACP at the yep. time. And Eddie said, there's some people here that are also applying for the job. They got you beat by a mile. They put politicians in, coaches in. You're not going to get this job. And I said, well, you know what? If I don't deserve it by now, everybody knows who I am. I'm not going that route in all that direction. Yeah. Eddie said, well, you know what? You All these people you know, I knew people that coach in the NBA, play in the NBA. You should have did all that. I said, I'm not doing all that. You know what I mean? So Eddie said, well, you mind if I call some people I know we know? And so they all called the school. But, you know, I think Shelton called at 10 o'clock, and they pulled me out of the classroom at 10 past 10 and told me I had the job. <laughs> yep. But I think that was a big influence. But I think Eddie Roderick was, I think, at that time, even a bigger influence. Yeah, there's, there's one thing when uh... – Mr. Charlton speaks, people listen, because he's definitely got some, he's always, you know, with him, it's not a fact first, and that's what he's going to do. And if he has to raise, you know, the issue, he's going to do it. But um, I'm glad you were there. You know, Yeah, kept... and, you know, it, 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 my first year was one of the greatest years we had. We The team mm-hmm. overachieved. Yep. We had Gretchen and Sade Gonzalez. Yep, I remember Alice, that team. Morgan Alice came on the scene. You know, I remember we 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 had a we went in uh, the Falmouth, and we had a scrimmage in the beginning. Yeah, we got our ass kicked, fifty-one to nineteen. Mm-hmm. And I came home, and me and Eddie would always conversate because we were always trying to. Uh, I tell Eddie she needs to work on this year game because we knew Gretchen was going to be a Division One basketball player. You know, True. and the same with Chade's father. I knew yeah, he was going to be a call. So yeah, we were basketball guys. You know what I mean? So I'm talking to Eddie. I said, Jesus, man, we're gonna. <laughs> I said the only the only thing I could I want to do is Gretchen's got to understand and Chade's they got to take 25 shots a game for us to be good. Mm-hmm. What we had, we had a great pressing team. We had Miranda, Wendy Miranda's daughter. Yeah, Julie Smith. We had good role players that were solid that when we had a good pressing unit, you know what I mean? And boy, did Gretchen and Sade feed off that. You know, we just got better and better. You know? And uh, I remember we beat Totten and then uh, uh, Bridgewater Raynham got upset by North Attleboro. Mm -hmm. And the Hockamock League was tough that year. So it gave us a home game, our second game, and they had to come to our gym. And they had 6-2, 6-2 front line and two all-stop God, What a team this was. But Gretchen had about eight threes. Gretchen was tough that particular night. Yeah. Day was had a good game as well. So my stars played up to their par, and we beat them. You know, the next thing we know, we're playing in a packed house at uh, 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 in Brockton, uh, at Massasoit against mm-hmm. Brockton, 
You know what I mean? And we had no business of being there. No business of being there. Everything just fell in place. You know what I mean? Yep. But when you have somebody like a Gretchen Roddick's and a Sade Gonzalez as a backcourt, as you see now how the guards dominate the play, you got a shot. You got a shot. Exactly. In that last game, what happened is that we were tied with Brockton at the half. And I believe the score was like 26 to 26, something like that. And Gretchen had like about 20. <laughs> I ain't lying to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about that game is Sade shot the ball poorly. You know what I mean? And they came out in the second half and took Gretchen. They played like a matchup 1-3-1. Mm-hmm. I never saw this, but I spent time with the Brock and Coach. He was showing me some of the things. It was very good. And they did this against Gretchen. And very much neutralized her pretty well. She didn't even get mm-hmm. uh, that second half, you know. But we didn't have uh, Gretchen and Sade really didn't have really, really much help. Like Moran and Julie Smith, they fed off them. You know what I mean? Well, you it, that that one that three team, that team overachieved, and they had a lot to be proud of that team. Yeah, you when you when you think of the one three one. Those were Gretchen's hot spots where they were defending. When you kind of look at it, you know, she's so with that defense. Yeah, so she brought, see if she's brought the ball up, right? Mm-hmm. The point guard stood. If she went to one wing, that point guard stood it. So what I try to do, I was having a pickle of a time figuring out what they were doing, right? So I said, pass and go through and cut to the corner, Gretchen. So every time she caught, the person in the back would go with her wherever she went. And if she went more to the wing, we'd release her to the wing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was tough to figure out. So what it did, though, the opposite wing, it gave Sade a lot of open looks. But Sade, I believe, only had four points. Just had, just had a tough night shooting the ball. You know? wow. And our defense wasn't giving us much that particular game because they were so well coached. You know what I mean? Um, coach, we got Bruno Bruno Gaio says oh, he says oh, what's up guys? He says what's up, Mickey? Great shooter. You should have stayed at Boston State. Wow, this yep. man was like Earl Monroe. Uh huh. Bruno Giles, a basketball junkie. Wow, you know, hey, I was. Is he hearing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of you. You know, I don't know if he knew this, but I had an offer to go play in Scotland from Coach Shea that was an assistant with me at Framingham State. And he said, hey, you know, because he played in Scotland. He said, Mickey, I got it all set up. You want to go play in Scotland? You play three games a week. It was professional out there. 300 a game. They got a place for you, and they'll give you a car just to use. They said, if you don't want it, Bruno Giles, I'm going to go see Bruno Giles. Did that ever happen? Because I didn't go. I was scared, too scared to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but this man was such a talent. I left Boston State. I played at Boston State one year, hit my bat. And this guy was such a talent at Boston State. He was, cool. he was unbelievable. I believe nice. Bruno was from Natick, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I should have stood and played with him. But I went to Framingham State, and we 
Hey, man. We went to the NCAA regional finals and everything. Uh, wow, you know. Yeah. You know, and, um, wow. Talk about a blast. I, man, wow. This is great. And this is what, Charlie, this is what this is. Yes, this is what we're about. trying to do. Uh, Bruno got, I was thinking about him because I was thinking of all the, the great collegians that I played with when I was at Boston, around Boston, all that particular. And he was definitely in my thoughts. Wow. Yeah, I bet this guy's still playing somewhere. Talk about a basketball junkie! I, wow. I bet he's still playing somewhere. You know what I mean? We got a uh, got one of your players, Danny Gomes. Doctor Gomes tell says tell him he took my defensive skills to another level. Says thank you, Mickey. And you know I, I'm going to get in trouble now. Yeah, this lady. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble now. All right. I think she played on my my team, my JV. She averaged like 22 points a game, something mm-hmm. like that. It was crazy, right? And when she played varsity basketball, she wasn't allowed to shoot. Yep. And Gene Bonner was so much into this, your, your roles, your roles. Yeah. It, so she'd say, Mickey, come on in and look at the team, right? Yep. So she would have the start five play against the second team. Yep. So the second team's in the zone. And the two shooters, Kathy Silva was unbelievable. And Gil Russo was the other shooter we had on the other one. Yeah. So Danny would bring the ball down. And both wings would go to each one of those wings. And Danny be at the foul line. And I'm and Gene's telling me, help me coach his team. And I'm yelling, Danny, shoot. What's wrong with you? Shoot, shoot. Uh-huh. Gene blows the whistle and she says, uh, that's not her role. That's not her role. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're talking about a young lady that went to college and played Division One. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Her father used to get so upset with me, and I said, I'm trying to get this through with Jean to tell her that Danny is this good. But she was so inclined, and it's no knock on Jean Bono because she pioneered this program. And with all the success I had, I don't have it without Jean Bono. You yeah. know what I mean? But Danny Gomes was this, she was so talented. She was this good. I'm telling 20, you don't go to D1 and play D1. Yeah. I think she walked on and played there. I don't think they recruited her. Very, very, that's another person very proud of Danny. Um, Hopefully, her father. I I like to do a podcast with her eventually, you know. Yeah, her father was, uh, Larry was a great guy. And and I explained, I said, listen, that's something you would have to talk to Gene about. It's yeah. about because I see it this way. You know what I mean? You know, the uh, one of our friends here, um, Eric Gomes, says, I wish I had left New Bedford High School when Father Driscoll came for me. For Mickey, a holy family, great shooter, great guy, um, to talk to about the game. And, um, you know, that's yeah. another, that's another dude that it, Please. Now, the guys, see, here, here, here's the thing, too, uh, uh, Charlie, right? I wanted, to, I wanted to go after the guy, and I used to get in trouble with Eddie with this, too. <laughs> yeah. I, some of the guys, Eddie had a great program. Nobody can say anything different about that. But there were a lot of good players that got caught, and Eddie would be the first to tell you, right? Yeah. I mean, look yeah. at the one-away teams. Come yeah. On. You know, 
I, I tried it. I wanted to get Eric Gomes. I wanted to get Boogie. I was I was trying to go after all these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Eric Gomes was a hell of a basketball player. Boogie was a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. These guys were good basketball players. They had probably got lost in the shuffle that fell through the cracks. So true. You and I know they could play that New Bedford High School. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that would, that's all my teammates. That's when they, yeah. they came over and we ended up playing right there. Yeah. You know the numbers? Only so many could. Mm-hmm. And then the, I always thought things were unfair because you have a two-day trial. Yeah. You know, you got to be a Michael Jordan in those two days trying out, right? Mm-hmm. Get a look-see or anything. And I try to go after guys like that. And Charlie, I had a lot of people call me to come over to me. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Trey Lewis called me one time. Oh, yeah. There's no I, doubt. Are you out of your mind? You're a D1 <laughs> player in New Bedford High School? Are you kidding me? You're a we're, we're New Bedford High School's. Uh, we can't, we can't, you know, we ain't in there with them. Mm-hmm. You know, but there was people like that, you know, that were calling me. I was saying, what do you want to waste your time coming in? Yeah. You got a hellfire basketball coach over there. You got a, a one of the best programs in the state. You got a dynasty over there. What are you calling me for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I I I always liked Eric's game. Um definitely dude could shoot, dribble, fill the lane. I, definitely uh, do yeah, I can tell you, I give you a scout report on everybody, you know. Yeah. Connor the um, shooter, mid range yep. jumper, jump very well, very athletic. And you know, Boogie, Boogie was a uh, good assist guy, uh, mm-hmm. quarterback on the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think me and his brother used to joke, and we used to say uh, he was Gary Payton, things of that nature, right? Uh, actually, <laughs> he didn't talk as much, but he talked. Boogie talked on the court too. So, well, and- yeah. When I started repping, yeah, he, I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to answer the boogie a lot, but you know what? You know what? I loved about the guy too. He was such a competitor. You know what I mean? Yeah, he sure was. And um, better, you know. Nathan Victor said you gave him his first technical. Probably did. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. An, I mean, you talking about Gary Payton? Oh, Nathan Victor definitely could out talk Gary Payton a little bit. You know. Yeah, so yeah, probably- yeah. No, I remember, yeah, he was a talker. <laughs> but again, you know, I, I respect all of this because these these guys, which we're talking about, uh, love the game and were great competitors. You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Definitely. Yeah, of course. You know, you're, 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 hey, repping's difficult. You know what I mean? What was hard for me to rep is you're repping against uh, a lot of your friends and everybody. You know? Yeah, we... Um- How many games that... You know how difficult it used to be repping at the Monty Park League? Mm-hmm. It was very, very difficult. You know what I mean? I used to like, when I was at um, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Kwan says, hey, coach. Okay. Um, yeah. Coach G, yeah. She says, Coach G. But um, I used to like, um, I was coaching that staying guy with, um, you know, referees would have their rotation, stop the ball, they come on my sideline as I'm coaching. And I would tap the, you know, Kenny Offley had a lot of games there, you know. So as Kenny's on the other side of the court, or Michael Kahn, whoever it may be, I would talk to the other ref and I would say, hey, it's tough working alone today, huh? 
tap them on the back and they start laughing. And, um, and then later on we go in the locker room and they bring that up. Um, says, Hey coach. So I was coaching. So I was refing alone today. And, um, so, but refereeing is tough. And, um, you know, so I, I definitely liked it, you know, refereeing, coaching. I, I just like to get back into something eventually, you know. Oh, Maybe yeah. A- you know, refereeing, uh, when I taught referee, I think it were, to me, it originated with me with uh, Peter and Eric Brittle. I mean, Eric was just so good. And Robbie Mendes was another guy that was an excellent official. It sure was in, in a lot of sports. When you think about how – all these guys, we talk about Con and Sonny, and I think the Holtman brothers are refing. All these guys learn how to ref and everything through Peter and Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about it, if you can ref there, you can ref anywhere. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. Because I got my life threatened. I got crap, you know, not slapped mm-hmm. or pushed and, and things of that nature. And uh, no, but if you can rep there, you can rep there. And, and Eric was such a great teacher to us, you know, as far as critiquing and bringing a lot of new information to the table. You know what I mean? Um, Reggie Victor said he'll see you Sunday. Oh, so he's going to be down there. Yeah, last yeah. time he left like a wimp. He ran out. <laughs> of him. You know what yeah. I mean? He, he left out and he ran like a wimp. You know what I mean? Uh, Bonesy's on there, too. He says, Mickey brought nothing but class with his coaching. Thanks for all the great memories and everything you did and do for our kids. And um, that's so true. Yeah. Now, he was a uh, – uh, <laughs> I'm going to laugh when I say this this name. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and I had – well, him and I had a lot of uh, funny – funny stories and I was telling you some earlier Charlie and I'm not going to mention names on this uh-huh yeah you know I'm going with that right yep <laughs> he was he was the instigator oh I believe it I Walter believe it instigator. and I remember we won in the garden and uh uh I went to the uh the bar on Kempton Street and I had the the state trophy with me and I brought it inside the bar because I knew he would be there with a few mm-hmm. other guys. And uh, he was like making believe he's throwing it and everything. Uh-huh. But he gave me the business, you know what I mean? But he, <laughs> he, he is a, a, a class act. A, sure is. He does so much for the youth and everything. And I was staying a teacher at New Bedford. He's, he's a great component at New Bedford High School. Yeah, and they, teaching, for a lot of years. Teaching, coaching, and you're not going to meet a, a, a better person. You know what I mean? That's it. And I enjoyed coaching alongside of him, talking to him. If he's Definitely. if he's hearing me, you tell him to get his ass to knuckleheads and have a couple of beers. Yeah. You hear that, Bonesy? Make sure you're there. Joey, Gon- Joey Gonzalez says hello. The and state, uh, the Joey Gonzalez, the... My brother's there, that Joe? Joey, you know, uh, Kim, Larry. Okay, yeah, Joey. Yeah, West, yeah. West End Joey, you know? Joey was real good friends with my brother Nuno and John. Yeah. yeah. Joey's yeah. a great guy. He's playing the boys club. Yeah, we, oh, we all went 
from the boys club and did everything there. Some great you know things. I mean? Great. When I think of him, I think of my brother, Larry Obergo, all the people. These guys were a few years older than me. Yeah. You know, and the love and respect they all had as brothers to each other was very unbelievable. And us younger guys looking at, they were our role models, so to speak, looking at these things uh, made us better people and role models yeah, as well. Definitely. You know yep. I mean? Those are the guys that could grab you, kind of send you home. And, uh, you know, definitely have your back no matter what. Um, Julio Tavares says, hi, Charlie. What's up, Cousin Mickey? What's My up, Julio? Yeah. all over the place, this guy. I don't know. That's it, governor. Words every now and then. Yeah, he's, he's a governor. <laughs> he's a governor, Love yeah. He's yep. at every Geechee function, right? Yeah, definitely. There's something happening, right? Yep, he was there. He used to be all at the all the Geechee uh, folks, right? Uh, sh- shirt, tie, leather jacket. Oh boy. Let's see. Howie Mendy says, Mickey, come back and ref at the club. Miss you on Sunday mornings. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is Robbie hear me too? Yeah, yeah, everybody is, man. Got Jamie Consatio. Oh uh, man. Robbie, listen. I would love to come back and rap. Will, will anybody be waiting for me at my car? <laughs> Beat me up. That's happened to me a couple of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Robbie is, uh, I don't know, when I, I think of, uh, you know, all our old school guys that influence people and kids, it's people like you, the Brittle, yeah. Peter, Robbie Mendes, you guys are all icons and everything. You know what I mean? Uh there's so many things that happen behind the scenes yeah. that people like Robbie Mendes do and you do that you probably don't even want credit for and can care less about it. Mm-hmm. But I want you guys to know that I recognize things, things of that nature. Uh, when I was making my run through coaching and everything, and Robbie was a, a big supporter, and we go way, way back, we repped a lot of, a lot of good games. He was just a natural, talented official who, when I rep with him, hey, Rob, when I rep you, I can remember he used to get on me and leave you alone, right? Yeah, they, uh, he, he's he got that. way with people that that's how that yeah. was. You know what I mean? He's but, a... uh, you, you know what? I walk two and a half miles every day, and I think I'm, I'm, I might come back to officiating. Uh, coaching, everything's changed so much. I don't know. I'd have to do a lot of research and things. Like yeah. But refereeing, I definitely would like to come back and do this. You know what I mean? Yeah, why not? You should. In fact, Robbie is uh, a future guest coming on. Yeah. Wow. Um, we're probably, uh, you know, hopefully you can do it within uh, two weeks, you know, get him on in. Um, Jamie Casatio says, I love this, Mick. You are the best storyteller I, I ever heard. Could listen to you talk basketball all day. That's so true. We um Yeah, and uh he um talk about an intelligent guy. I mean, this Mm -hmm. man I remember he was in college, right? He ranked like the top ten percent in the country as far as the black black minorities and black Mm -hmm. folks. Yep. 
And because he was at such a small school, he went to Bridgewater. And I think Bridgewater was an easy institution for him. Mm-hmm. This guy was that smart. You know, he should probably went, went to Brown or Ivy League school. Yeah. No. So, uh, oh, many a nights having beers in my house is telling basketball stories. You know, and I already became a good basketball player because people like him, right? Yeah. He would play me. When we go to the playground, he would always play me. He would love to cover me. He'd be all over. Nobody could play me better. Mm-hmm. I always could get it a little over the top. Of one, huh, Jamie? Yeah. <laughs> much taller than him. Uh, he did a good job when I coached at Holy Family High School. He was yeah. a coach's player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was always was, was first for the team. A very much team player. Uh, Steve Lopes was a star of that team and everything. Uh, Jamie was a catalyst. Of, well, that was a good basketball team we had. We had Matt Capcott and uh, uh, Tony Spencer on their team as well. That was a good Holy Family basketball team. Yeah. Uh, Jamie was uh, practically the glue to that, that team. Uh, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't get as much pub as, uh, as uh, uh, Lopes or Capcott because – the scorers get all the pop. That's why I got the mm-hmm. pop. Yep. Bob, Bobby got those who do all the dirty work, cover, cover Dwan Chandler, something like that. Right? Mm-hmm. You know? But, uh, yeah, so it's, wow. You know, this is fun hearing from people yeah, that, we've got a, that I respect and love like, like, like him. we got Lynn Dre in. She says, hi, Charlie. Thanks for having Coach G on. He has been a great role model for so many for so long. It's great to hear all of these stories. I have so much respect for him. And, you know, that's another one. One of your one of your players doing the right thing. And now she's a teacher and a very, very great teacher. And right. um, so uh, I'm remember, uh, remember her pretty very well. Uh, always a vibrant personality. You know what I mean? Yeah, so true. So I could see the kids feeling that vibe in the classroom through her and probably feeling right at home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely, um, you know, great there's, teacher. There's two stories I want to tell. We can go on for a little more longer. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll tell okay. stories and everything. And one of them, I think it's kind of funny. My first day of class at Holy Family, right? We used to pray before every class, you know? And we had a, a sister, Charles Francis, was the uh, principal at the school. Yeah. So we get up to pray, you know, first class. She comes up in the class and drags two girls by their hair, dragged them out of the classroom. I am laughing like mad. My first day of class in Holy Family High School. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing like mad. I thought that, yeah, I'm a kid back then, right? I thought that was so funny. So next thing I know, I hear on the intercom, Michael Gonzalez, please report to the office. Mm-hmm. So I go down to the office, and I had a gigantic afro, right? And one thing about Charles Francis, every time you talk, she you look me in my face, you remind me of Judge Judy. <laughs> look me in my eyes, look at me in my face, right? So you're looking at her face. She grabs me by her afro, right? And she would always spit when she talked to you. Jack Nabrie was the same way. You know? Yeah. Spit when they talk to you. 
So you would never look in their face because you get spit on, right? <laughs> and she would say, and she's saying, you are no longer in the New Bedford public school system. I own you now. Mm-hmm. You know, and me and Charles Francis never had a problem after that. Yep. You know? <laughs> and I want to tell the Boston uh, uh, shootout story because I know we got a lot of guys. Yep, go ahead. Jamie, Michael, and uh, Robbie and the basketball junkies per se. And I need to tell this, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I made a good name around Boston. Right? My senior year ends, right? So I'm sitting home. I get a call saying, uh, remember the Boston shootout? Yep. That's when I went to Patrick Ewan played in it. Right. That was they the last one Chicago, I went to. Boston, L.A., New York. Yep. All these all these uh all these big city atlanta so they i remember doc rivers adrian dantley terry cummins right so i get this letter saying i'm invited to the boston shootout right and then i get a phone call i think i'd make the boston shootout right yeah so i'm telling everybody i got doc rivers i'm gonna be in the boston shootout right so the letter told me to report to the Roxbury Y, right, for a practice for the Boston shootout, right? Mm-hmm. So I jump on a bus because I was back here in New Bedford, and uh, I go to the Roxbury Y. I go in their gym. So I guess what they did is they picked the top 100 players of the state. So you had to go sign in, right? And they had this big committee. So they put a number on everybody's back, right? And then when they called your number, you went out and scrimmaged, right? And so at the end of the day, the committee would form, and then they put it, uh, the posting back out there, report to the next practice the next time, right? So I I, had, I felt good. I, I shot the ball very well, right? And I had made it. So I got to come back to Boston for another practice. So there was 100 the first. The next time I come, I'd say they probably cut about 25, 30 people. i come, right? i practice again. Hey, feeling good. I'm making it. Wow, I'm doing well. Boom. Read the numbers at the end. I'm on the team. So it's down to 50. Third practice, if I can remember, I think it was at Northeastern. We go to the third practice, and it's getting kind of tough now. We're putting in place. It started getting physical, you know, and we're putting in place. Son of a gun, I make that, right? So it's down to 35. Mm-hmm. Fourth practice, ironically, was at Boston State, right? So I'll never forget this, child. It was funny because now I'm playing. I already played against Juan Chandler. Yeah. Playing against um, with Ron Perry. I had a lot of good conversation with Ron Perry. Hey, do you know he asked a lot about Mickey Almeida? He liked Mickey Almeida. Yeah. When Catherine Morrill played New Bedford, he put uh, Mickey covered him. He said Mickey was one of the toughest plays ever cut. The guy had 36 points. At the wow. He averaged, he averaged 35 a game. So yeah. it was unbelievable. He had him going all across. So anyway, he was there. there. Juan Chandler was there. Mike Bennett. This guy called Joe Hollywood Forts. Mm-hmm. Ollie Spencer. All these names. And his me, right? Along with others. Yeah. Uh, Harold Dawkins was a name I'll never forget. He was, this guy was unbelievable, right? Uh, 
So we play, right? And now I'm a little, yo. Know. So we're all in the locker room and everybody's saying what colleges they're going to go to, right? <laughs> this is funny because everybody laughed at me. I didn't, I didn't understand this fact then, right? Yeah. So this guy says, I'm going to Colorado State. This guy says, I'm going to Southern Cal. Duan, I'm going to Boston College. Malibu, I'm going to Harvard. I'm going to Holy Cross. Uh, I'm going, everybody was going big. Hey, Mitch, you know, Dewan Channel, you didn't even know yeah. Mickey from. Where you, where you going? They want to know where I'm going. I'm going to Boston State. Everybody just fell out laughing and everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody's cracking up laughing. I, I didn't know what's funny. And they kind of gave me an underhanded compliment. Yeah, I yeah. Don't want to waste your time going there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I'm in the room with all D1 players, and I get yep. cut, I get cut after that. And it was when I get cut, there were 35 people left. Uh, they probably carried 12 or 15. Yeah. I mean, but a funny story because I, I honestly thought I was on, and I, you know what? I guess I think I did well for myself. I ended up, I ended, I ended up all the way to uh, the 35th grip. But when I went there. And saw all those kids, all those players with numbers on their backs and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 a great story, and um, I'd definitely be proud of that. Thirty-five, you know, you definitely. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. uh, let me tell you something. Every everybody was going to D. All them guys were going to D one for a reason. Michael Bennett was this his jump shot. I remember was out of this freaking world. Mm-hmm. And this guy Joe Hollywood Forts, we taught it. He reminded me of Bruno Giles. Yep. Uh, and Ron Perry was such a gentleman and a, a classy guy. And he he could have picked any college he wanted in the country. His father, I think, I don't know. I think his father was the athletic director at Holy Cross. I don't know. But he asked. Yeah. He was asking me questions about Mickey Almeida. He was very impressed with Mickey. And Mickey Almeida was wow, one of the if anything, top defensive guards to play in this area. I, I, he had I love quick hands. He reminded me, you know what? He reminded me a little bit of your dad, right? Because they were low to the floor and your father would turn somebody one way and just be quick as a lightning the other way and go mm-hmm. out with the ball. Yeah. They would yeah. set you up good like that, you know what I mean? And Mickey Almeida was a pro like that, you know? When I would go against him, I would never figure dagger with the ball. Mm-hmm. If I did, I'd back my way down and try to shoot over the top. I yeah. never exposed him. I never exposed the ball to anybody like him. He was unbelievable hands, you know. But uh, that that was a uh, <laughs> that was funny. Everybody just fell on the floor laughing when I told him I was going to Boston State. <laughs> Charlie, I was just skinny in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just fat in high school. Wow. The um, Coach Toppy says, uh, I learned a lot from Mickey, one of the finest coaches and people I know. Love having conversation with him. Um, Tommy is a childhood friend of mine, still my friend. And uh, I used to get kicked out of uh, him coaching on the sideline. And um, he had that infamous, he would slam his foot down on the hardwood floor, you know, Every time he's mad, somebody made a mistake. He slammed that foot. So when he came to Keith, you know, when he you know had to you know 
teaching in the gym, I would laugh at him and joke about him slamming his foot during the game. Yeah. I, I you know, he was so prepared as a basketball coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Roddick was just the best in this as far as, um, you know, I just thought he just outworked everybody. You know, he yeah. gave up on it. Tommy was a, Toppy was very close, a very fiery, fiery coach. Yeah. That surprised me with his coaching. I used to watch some of his practices, and everything was on on time, on boom, boom, one thing to the next. And he had his paper, they'd be reading his paper. And boy, one take, and if he's listening to it, man, boy, yeah, he is. laugh at this now. So, I, mean, I don't know if you remember that time you punted the basketball. <laughs> he punted the basketball. He hit that ball and he got his team's attention. You know, yep. very, very prepared and fiery guy. He was he was off the chart with that. We had a lot of great times. He invited me to a couple of parties at his house, and we just loved to talk basketball stories and, and everything. One of the finest people that you could meet uh, in the series. He's done very, very well as an athletic director at New Bedford High School. For such yeah. a t- tough time, when I run into him, my questions are usually, "Gee, how 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 do you handle some of these things?" Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he's dealing with a lot of things that have never been that have, have never been present. In, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, first, but uh, talk about somebody who eats, drinks, and loves the game of basketball. Yeah. He said, fiery. "I think he said that he." I think he said, "I." He said, I remember that and would have been good from 35 yards out. (laughs) (laughs) I think that the great thing we had, we all coached in New Bedford High School, was the coaching fraternity and the brotherhood in which we had. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm talking about a Tom Toppy, myself, uh, Wayne, Manny Mantles. uh, Mm -hmm. Look at all the great names I could name, you know, Neil Macedo. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to get in with the names because you know you're going to forget somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But you can go every sport, John. You just look at every sport. I mean, John, every sport is a legend in every sport. You go John C. Baseball, right? Mm-hmm. You go Danny Mantle soccer. You go Steve Garner track. <laughs> you go Neil Macedo, freaking invented volleyball. You know, yep. New Ice right? Steve DeRossi. You know. Rossi put six, eight flags up there, right? Yeah. Uh, how would swim every everybody everybody right and then when you look at the athletic director uh dick Park was probably the best athletic director we've ever seen in this area for that all that matter the state of massachusetts you know what i mean and uh colin lynch was obviously right up there yeah. as well but you know when i coached that holy family and i served as the athletic director there it's last year. I used to go to our athletic director meetings. And Dick Point used to run all those meetings. Yeah. Every coach in this area was following Dick Point's lead. It was following Dick Point's lead, you know? Yeah. And, he... uh, he's the one that I'm responsible for going to uh, New Bedford High School. Because, like I said, when Holy Family closed, I had a couple of people calling me to go coach. A couple of JV jobs, one varsity job. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want to name the schools. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to get into that. I uh, but Dick Pont, I ran into him at a uh, 
want to say it was a soccer game at New Bedford Athletics because I used to love to go watch New Bedford Athletics football, basketball. Um, and Dick Pont uh, kind of recruited me and called me and said, look, I got a freshman girls basketball job open for you. And I have uh, a teacher's aide position. So I'm a cocky guy. I'm confident what I do. Yeah. And, and my thing is every everything in everything in New Bedford High School was the greatness of Eddie and of course deservedly so. Everything yep. he, he did and everything. And I'm I'm a cocky guy. I'm gonna say they're gonna forget about the boys' basketball program when I get there. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta talk to talk, but you better, you better walk the walk, right? You better walk the walk. And I think I don't know, I think I kept my rib for probably a couple of years there. I don't know. You did all right. You know what I mean? But um uh so I you know who didn't want to coach at New Bedford High School, right? Yeah, so true. And, and to me it didn't matter, right? Girls basketball is freshman. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go there and they'll have to get rid of me, you know? And then I'll wait my turn and do my time. So that's why it became such a big thing when I went to Coyle Cassidy because I had put 14 years in there and I was due for it. But the teaching contract at that time stated different. The logic was different in there. Yeah. Big point, it told me, you know, I'm going to change a little bit there because we all know you're the man for this particular job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Dick Point is responsible for me going to New Bedford High School. But this is the greatness of the Dick Pont, right? Is that look at all the coaches he brings, he brought in that were all big time in major league. And I'm just telling you every sport. And we played the iron schedule. Toppy would tell you his schedule he played was murderous. Schedule I played with murderous. Eddie's was even two times tougher than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in baseball, wow, look what the teams Johnny C played, you know? Yeah. And Manny Maddles in soccer. So it was like, you know, everybody was playing the iron, you know, and all these Hall of Famers and everything. You know, I'm so fortunate and lucky that I, I'm coming in in this May. I hope we can get this done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this, and it's going to be oh. a special night. You know? I can't wait. No, I'm definitely going to be there. I will. Um, let's see, coach, I, um, you know, I, I, I've told you my, you know, my dad, first time he came to my game was at the CYO <clears throat> and you happen to be there in the stand sitting with him, talking with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that, you know, here I am, you know, grown man and, and still remembering that because it was so key. It was so important to me to see that um, because I haven't, I didn't experience it, you know? And uh, so I I just, I just want to let you know that you got to maintain, you got to keep on doing what you're doing because there's so many people out there that, that, that love you and appreciate all that you have done. And I would like to see you referring, referring a game, you know, doing something, coaching, Coaching is definitely something I would like to see, but I also know that um, it's a different time now. Coaching is something that's, um, you know, it's 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 different. You gotta you gotta 
Yeah, they did, which is shit. You know, when we played uh, uh, Andover in the Garden, they were a classic team as the game changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. They played with other low post people. And they had five people, and everything was just drive and kick. And they're setting everybody up around the perimeter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my team was always – my thing when I coached the girls was always we're going to run, and I always wanted to establish a low post player. We're going to run, but if we set up, we're in trouble. You know what I'm trying to say? That was my thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, you want to run and press and extend your bench. You know, that's how Eddie had all his success. And my team, all you saw the talent I had. That's that's what that's what we tried to do. But yeah. the game got so much into that that I think a lot of coaches today, I don't even think they spend time teaching low post play. No. You know what I mean? Everything's so perimeter oriented, three point shot is so huge and everything. So in that game, everything was drive and kick and drive and kick. You know, or an extra pass here or there. Mm-hmm. But I still like that concept of getting into the low post. If you got to set up, you don't want to set up. Yeah. Right. To get it into a low post, but make her a pass if you get three point shooters or anything like that. You know what I mean? Sure. True. The guy I had that was my assistant that was great at teaching low post play was Butch McNamara. He was, he was, yeah. Coach, um, Coach Mac is, um, Every time I see him, see him, I'm beaming. You know, I, I just love the dude, and and people don't realize that he was a constant supporter of New Bedford High School athletics. Um, you've seen him everywhere. He was at a lot of games, doing it. Still, you know, still supporting the kids in our area. And I, yeah. that's what I like about Coach Mack is that he just. It, it just wasn't just one thing with him. He was always, you know, you've seen him and uh, Mrs. Mack in the stands, you know, whether it's at the basketball yeah. game. I, baseball. I, I, yeah. Now, I always tell everybody he was the best, one of the best, not the best, girls basketball coaches. We had great ones. Don't get me. Do you realize all the great coaching we have in this area, all the great talent we have in this area? All the great girls basketball coaches, you know, at Old Rochester, where the Brajolis, where you can go on and on. But Coach McElroy, you see, when they let him go at Bishop Sting, I made that phone call very quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, My staff at New Bedford High School was outstanding. I had Jason Bennett, right, who was a great player, a very knowledgeable man of the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. I had Butch McNamara, right, who already won X amount of games, mm-hmm. coached a lot of college players. Yeah. And then his daughter, uh, Kerry, was my freshman coach. One of the best. Who had a good repertoire with kids, a good feel with kids. If I had any issues with a girl, I can go to Kerry, and Kerry could tell me the differences I'm having. Mm-hmm. Need to talk talk about this, but the greatest thing about both of those guys, right, is that they were not yes men. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, they I went to my game and I took time out. I would speak first, but I always went away from the team. You know, and there was sometimes they had some things that 
I didn't see that Bob helped his team immensely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would say they were never yes men. We would oh, oh we disagree a lot. You know what I mean? And there was so many times we we're on the same page. You know, but the thing that them guys were were loyal, loyal people. Mm-hmm. Now they had a lot of people that thought I sucked as a coach, which, which is okay. It's great with me. And there's yep. a lot of people who thought I sucked as a basketball player. And that's okay. It's great with me. You know what I mean? Uh, and coaching at the it made me better because I subscribe. It made me better. So we would have game. I remember one game we had a parent at one door at one of my practices after we lost. We got upset by somebody, right? And uh, of course we lost. And, you know, of course, I, every time we lost, you know, I blame me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I stunk. Jeez, I stunk it out today. I remember having a parent at one door, Charlie, and a parent at another door. I had to go, I couldn't get out of either door. So I just said, listen, I'll meet with you at 5. I'll practice at 4.30. I'll meet with you at 5.30. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He would run to the athletic director, even when we were winning all these games, and have a complaint or something. And Mike yeah. had such a great way with people that he wanted to hear them complain. Whereas a Dick Plant would just say, look, it's taken care of. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Unless a parent was that persistent, that Dick say, "Look, you're on your own. You go talk to this parent now." Yeah. Situation. So I would see after game. I remember Brock and spanking us by like thirty in our place, right? And there was uh, parents all over Butch. There were two parents all over Butch, and he was just Butch was like this, and he just shaking his head. He's hearing him out, hearing him out. And I know he ain't selling me up a river. He's loyal to me. Yep. Hearing me out, hearing me out. And then after he would tell me, you know, that so-and-so's unhappy with this, so-and-so's unhappy. So-and-so's unhappy with that. But, you know, it's so easy to be a little immature in that time and just say, you know, yeah, I agree with you. And then just pile on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yep. And some people, yeah. were good, some people were good with that. You know what I mean? But uh, I had a great coaching staff. And I'm telling you, I don't. We don't win a couple of South Sectionals without Jason Beck, and certainly not without Butch McNamara. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, you know, great. I love their staff. They definitely were great people. And um, one different times, they were a huge part of my life. You know, with with my kids and so on. So when you speak highly about your staff, that's definitely. Um, Oh yeah, so so true. Um, we got one. I guess uh, listeners says, ask him about Goat Wayne. Goat Wayne. Who's the goat? <laughs> it, Is that Wayne Sylvia? Maybe I don't know. It just says Facebook user, so I um I can't tell who it is, but uh, it just says Goat Wayne. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking it's Wayne Sylvia, right? Probably. He Probably. played with Lenny Remus. He was a great athlete at New Bedford High School. Mm-hmm. He never lets me forget he hit 465, right? Uh-huh. He oh, was that was great, He was a great three-sport player at New Bedford High School. So I yeah. met him at Knuckleheads drinking one time, right? Yeah. And he's telling me all about me. 
because I guess he used to sit and have a couple of drinks with Jack and Abriga. So Jack's talking, ah, oh, he's the best shooter ever coach and all this. So he introduced himself, and I knew all about Wayne because I'm a basketball, uh, a sports junkie, and I knew yep. all the great athletes that came into Bedford High School. Yeah. He was one of them, I, and he played with Lenny Ramos, and he uh, was he blocked with Lenny Ramos, and then he was a, uh, a an outstanding baseball player. He said he hit a ball. He said he thinks it's still rolling. He tells me this story <laughs> every other Sunday if I see him in knuckleheads. Yeah, right. That was uh, that was uh, D Con, the one he's D Con asked that question. Oh, D Con. Yeah, okay. so it's probably how David. Was that, how was that worded? How did D Con say? It? He said, "Ask him about the goat Wayne." That's right. Yeah. Okay, so that's who I'm talking about, Wayne. All right. Yep. Yeah. D Con, if he's listening to it. He'll know just where I'm going with all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the GOAT at Holy Family, because Wayne would tease me, is Billy Wells, right? Okay. So when uh, Buddy Thomas, who did an excellent job, by the way, with all the schools and picking the best players and all of that, he picked uh, Billy Watts, I believe, second when he did Holy Family. And Steve Law was first. And I think mm-hmm. Stevie Gomes was third. I mean, how, how can you argue with any of these guys, right? Billy Watts would get double teams and get 25, 30 points. And I, mm-hmm. He would call Billy right there. Yeah. Right there. We'd have a few beers. He'd call, and then he'd say, here, talk to the GOAT. And I'd say, who's this? Oh, it's Billy. Hey, Mick, how you doing? <laughs> I said, hey, Billy, I didn't, I'm not saying I'm, I ain't a goat or anything. <laughs> anything I could do is shoot from 30. I didn't have you. I didn't have a lot of your skills, man. You know what I mean? And Billy was outstanding, fantastic. But Wayne uh, is one of Billy's best friends. Okay. It just so happens that every Sunday when Wayne got a couple of beers in him, he calls Billy. And wants me to talk to Billy on the phone <laughs> of him being the goat. And after a while, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> speaking uh speaking of Wayne, um, Coach Hamlet told me to ask you. He's not on right now, I don't think, but he Coach Hamlet told me to ask you about the Don Cheney suit. Yeah, now there was never a uh, a uh um, dress code and coaching, right? Yeah. So my earlier years when I coached, if the game was a Friday and I was going out after the game, I would wear a suit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I had the short medium. I had the long afro. Then it went to the short medium. And I remember we had the jerry curls. Mm-hmm. Remember the jerry curls? And I had a short afro. And I had the suit. And there was a picture one time, I think of Don Cheney having a suit on. He was on the bench. And I think that's Wayne Hamlet would always say, hey, where's your Don Cheney suit? Where's your Don Cheney suit? Because I mean, Wayne, we go, every once in a while I go out with Wayne. Yeah. Uh, one of the, again, one of the, I wish he was on the speaker because he's one of the great people at New Bedford High School again. So you know, true. I, uh, you can argue one of the greatest coaches in football there, uh, teacher, uh, one of the greatest athletes ever to play at Dobbins. It goes on and on. 
But one thing you can't argue is uh, yeah, you want a great, great, great people will, from New Bedford High School. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, he's just uh, inspirational to me. Definitely. Uh, I mean, look at the guy. He allowed me to coach at New Bedford High School for five years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that that was uh, a highlight of my life doing, through those experiences I have, you know, and uh, that's all due to Coach Hamlin and Coach John Seed. And I I appreciate those two dudes for speaking up for me so I can coach the freshman level. And um, I, I, to this day, I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, to talk about, I think the biggest – thing in coaching that you must have as a head coach is the people that you know you are they say this in life too Charlie right yeah you want to be successful surround yourself with great people good people you know what I mean so that when I became a head coach it was very important to me right is to surround yourself with great people good people True. great people good people they're loyal you know what I'm trying to say and it doesn't get as good as that when you talk about Lord Wayne and John C. As far as people being loyal to you, true. I know where you're coming from when you're saying that. Yeah. Because the loyalty and the confidence he had in you as one of his assistants, uh, you hold on to today. So uh, that 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 says a lot, you know. Yeah, I um, uh, I don't know. I I just I want to get back into it, but I think I'm gonna, you know, gotta talk to. Steven Burgo and see if I can go down and help out at the Burgo League and um, do something down there. Um, and, now, what's what's happening with his with his lead? I haven't been in touch with Steve. Or, last time I think I saw Steve, they gave him and I an award at the Verdi uh, uh, Vets Club. Yeah, they honored I think three people that night, four people that night. Me, Steve Burgo, there was somebody else I believe in there. And that was a great night because I brought Father just for me and John Finney, who was the principal at Holy Family my last year, they came with me there. So I got recognized for the good things I uh, did in our community as being role modeled, uh, going to a Catholic high school. And the Verdian Vet Club recognized me, and I got a plaque. Great. Then the things in which Steve did is just unbelievable, right? Yeah. Uh, he took it to a level I don't, I don't think could be matched. The only thing I think you can amount it with is what the things Peter Brittle has done. You know? Yeah, so but true. He took it to a level. Uh, he had that vision and a dream, you know? to his father and and uh he just took that to another level so when i got out of coaching i kind of fell out of sync with basketball contacts and everything because i used to ref his lead when he first had it you know and then once i left basketball i left and then it looked back for a little while and then what got me going again is when I used to go see my cousin Matt Valls play at Rochester. Mm-hmm. I didn't like to go to a lot of some high school games because 
uh, well, I shouldn't say didn't, but sometime I go to games and people would sit me and they'd just be trashing the coaching. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And them guys are my friends, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's very easy to coach in the stands. You know, I, I've been mm-hmm. undefeated. I'm undefeated coaching in the stands. <laughs> you know, so I got a little, uh, at times I get a little uncomfortable with that. Um, um, so I got away from, from all of that, uh, the coaching part. So when I just go watch Matt play at Old Rochester, and I just like to go in the dressing room and talk to the coaches after the game. Yeah. Do all the coaches, right? Ashworth at Bourne was a good friend of mine. Pimento at Volt, you know, these guys. Yeah. I wrecked their camps, great guys, you know what I mean? And we could talk basketball all night. And it's a lot of and then the refs would always come over to me in the stand and tell me, because a lot of the guys were crossing over. They did girls, they went to boys. Yeah. And then there were still guys that were repping that when I coached that only family. There still was a lot of guys still. And they say, hey, we, the game misses you so much. you got to come back. you got to come back and coach. And, oh, and that would get my adrenaline going again and flowing. Yeah. Again, you know what I mean? And I find myself making phone calls and just catching up on things and and things of that nature, you know what I mean? And I came close to coaching at Freeman M. State as an assistant. Uh, the job opened up, and the guy that played in the backcourt, me coached at uh, assistant coach at Auburn, University of Auburn, Georgia State. He uh, put his ring in the hat at Freeman M. State one year. He didn't get the job. The second year, he got the job. And uh, Mickey, you want to be my assistant? Uh, this was like several years back mm-hmm. and i he said you will recruit all your side of massachusetts he was a retired state trooper he lives in georgia now playing the backcourt meet <clears throat> excuse me at uh framingham state and um he said i got the job he said but i gotta let them know in two weeks if i'm gonna take the job i'm trying to get the security job at mit if that job falls through you'll be my assistant and I started paving the way to be his assistant. Right? Yeah. Because I'm working at this agency called Phil uh, right now. Um, so he didn't get the job at MIT. So I came this close of probably being an assistant coach at Freeman M. State, which was several years ago. And then when I would go to games, coaches would ask me, hey, you want to be a part of my staff? It happened at two two places. Again, I don't want to mention names with that. Yeah, I agree. It happened at two places. And it started getting my juices flowing again and flowing. And uh, one was girls, one was boys. And it started getting my flowing again, getting my flowing again. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed very much. I kind of be honest with you, Charlie. I, I enjoyed coaching girls better than I did boys. And yeah. I, I'm going to tell you why. Right? The reason I did, because the I like girls coaching better than boys. And people will tell you, hey, they listen more, they do all that. Well, the game to me, the girls' game to me is obviously a lot slower, right? And a lot of work you put in and coach girls, you can see more than what you do with the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, girls to me re- retain things and a little bit to me, a little bit more focused than guys. Because you had a lot of guys that were that were very talented, 
and you know, N1, they had a mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can only tell them so much sometimes, you know what I mean? And they weren't thirsty for as much as you could give them. Well, girls in a lot of cases would never turn you off. Yeah. Say, so it was more fun coaching that, but that would have been a great challenge. I think the challenge I would have loved about that job, I think I would have loved the recruiting part of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think I would have really enjoyed and loved that. You know? Yeah, that's that's in and out of homes. You know, seeing people, meeting parents. You want to be good. You got a hustle. Division three is a hustle. I saw, you know, my coach Bruce Grillo. I mentioned earlier, he made a little typing school at Holy Family. I mean, Holy Family at Framingham State. It was mm -hmm. a typing school, Charlie. He made yeah. it a division NCA Division three powerhouse. Wow. You know what I mean? Through recruitment, he used to have guys flying from New York and New Jersey. He was unbelievable. You know, and this is why right up the street here, you messed up. This is why. Brian uh, Baptiste uh, is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best this, this country's ever seen. Not only we didn't even talk about Massachusetts, right? Yeah. And uh, there, he does not a stone unturned. You talk to every good high school player this area, this area, he's mm -hmm. touched everybody, you know. And his knack, the great thing that he's always done is he got a lot of great players that fell through the cracks. Mm -hmm. That could have been standouts and D1s and D2s that fell through the cracks. He never gave up on Next thing you know, they're playing with him. Yeah. Did a lot of great things, you know. I used to like watching Hainsey's team when he was up there, you know, Steve Haynes and them guys, you know, that crew. I used to like going up to UMass and watching them play. Um, and uh, Oh, every year. And you know what's yeah. great now is that Brian's got – He's got a lot of local kids, you know what I mean? Not that he never did it, but it seems like he has a lot more from what I see. Yeah. You know, my, my cousin Matt's playing there at Ashworth. He's had a mm -hmm. great career there. He's got uh, – uh, he, I think you got the kid from Aponiquit. I think there's a kid from Wayham, you know? Yeah. He's done a yeah. great job of getting all the, the, the uh, great talent here and keeping them here, you know? It's a good ambassador, a good – he's a trusting person, you know, and that's that's why I think he gets what he gets is because people trust him, you know, and uh, i definitely uh, very, very impressed with him. I like the fact that he continues to run that camp during the summer. Yeah, yeah. Continue to do that. So, um, but, uh, Coach, we got a – uh, we, we got about uh, probably two minutes, and then. Um, but is there anything you wanted to end with? You know, with the two minutes. Yeah, let me see. I don't know. I told so many stories and everything. I mean, you get me here, and this is what you're going to get with me. You know what I mean? Well, don't. But there's one of the things I'd like to uh, to end with, and I'm looking forward to uh, going in this Hall of Fame in New Bedford High School. Uh, yeah, I always tell people, great players, uh, coaching, uh, you know, the one thing you always want to do is leave a legacy, right? Yeah. Once you're gone and everything, you know, leave a legacy. You know, it's, it's going to be such a great thing to 
you can walk in the gym at New Bedford High School and I can see my picture there, you know what I mean? Yep. Even when I'm dead and gone and, and, and all of that, that, that will be there to stay. Exactly. It's, it's going to be such a, such an honor. Uh, and I just want to uh, thank all the girls who ever played for me. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not just think, talking about the great ones like uh, uh, Gretchen and Alyssa Roach, and it goes on and on. Kathy Silver, it goes on and on. I'm talking about every girl that I played. You know, I, I go to places sometimes and I have kids come up, hey, Coach Gonzalez, how are you? Yeah, you ain't changed, you look alike. Mm-hmm. I played for you, you know what I mean? And you got to remember, Charlie, I coached JVs for so many, so many years too. And I always make it a point to get in conversation with them. And then I could place it and remember who they are. Mm-hmm. And then I always leave with a thank you. And now they're telling me, why are you thanking me? And I'm saying, because I'm going into the, going to be inducted to Hall of Fame. And of well, course, I, I, you don't go into the Hall of Fame unless you have great players and great coaching. Mm-hmm. We all know this. That's factual. So I'll end with that, you know. Yeah. And that that will be a fun night. And I I don't we I don't know where that will stand. I don't even know if we'll have it because May when May comes around, knowing everything's uncertain with the COVID and all of this. I th- I think I I want to tell you that I think May is realistic and um even more so June. Because the kids are going to be coming back, going back to school in April. So, and I think that the high school kids will probably be in in class by May. So, or in May. So, again, let me say this too. I know time's short, you know. And, and, uh, I, I think what you're doing is a, a great, great thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to go back and, gee, to have a guest like a Robbie Mendes. Wow. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it was say you, you can get a it that goes it goes that goes on and on. Right? Oh. Hold on, Mick. We gotta. What's up, Coach Ham? Keep him going. <laughs> Keep him going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's it's already yeah it's it's at it's at his uh last few minutes hey wayne he'll never do this again because now he'll never do this again with me because now i I won't shut up right (laughs) he picked the wrong guy wayne yeah the wrong guy Thumbs out of my hands. All right. Thumbs <laughs> out of my hands. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> There's a story to that one, too. All right. He, he, he heard Thumbs you, Coach. Out of my hands. <laughs> he said, it's out of my hands. <laughs> we, had, we had a great athletic director that told us when it was always strong. That, that was yeah. that's what we got as an answer. So yeah, that was, that was the final answer, right? It's, yeah, out, it's out, out, of out of my hands. hands. <laughs> it's out of my hands. You know? All right. Hey, uh, yeah, Coach Hamlet hung up, but um, I yeah, uh, but let me just end and tell you, hey, go ahead. you're doing a wonderful thing. You know, open this up to a lot. I'm pretty sure you know everybody's got stories, war stories, 
And it's great to reminisce and go back as you, as you see and what you're doing and continue to do this because it, it, it puts a good light on a lot of uh, people that, you know, people have interest within this community and just wondering where they're at and what they're doing, you know? True. I'm going to continue and, uh, and we, I don't want this to be the last show of Mickey Gonzalez. I want to do another one eventually. You know, I want to keep on doing them. Uh, Susan Oliveira says, thank you, Mickey. And she says, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to, you know, like we said, Robbie, I like to get Robbie on here. I like to get guys like, you know, Sean Hargraves from uh, Denison. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So those are the guys that want to get on the show and try to keep it educational, inspirational, um, let them share some stories. And, you know, it's all about, as I say every week, it's about giving you the flower, your flowers while you're standing. I'm not yeah. waiting until the last witching hour. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I want to, I want people to tell you, thanks coach. Thanks Mickey. You know, and, uh, that's going to continue to happen. So, yeah. I just saw my buddy Chops Turner on here, huh? Yeah, yeah. He says, <laughs> hey, "My, where you singing, man? yeah, That's he sings was it every every Sunday on Facebook? He's on there, so you gotta you gotta open your account up, man, because Chops singing every Sunday on Facebook. The man is unbelievable, talented boy. Yeah. That's our brother, man. Yeah, and then you know what? And before I do say, um, you know, goodbye. I also want to. Um, talk about Brian Magnet and the uh, the W uh, WMB One Radio and all the stuff they're doing. Their podcast, they're they're DJing, they're bringing music to the city and you know, to the region. And um, in fact, they uh, had me on just a couple of days ago, and I got this nice hoodie here. Um, I'm very very proud of them, you know. So podcasting is the thing to do and um we there's a lot of people in new bedford that are getting things out there and um so if you know of anything you know someone i had to speak to you know just let me know you got my number and um and we'll go from there yeah yeah you know i think the the guests that you mentioned like a sean hargraves and robbie mendy Again, the things they do for a community that that don't get noticed. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, there's, These are unbelievable people that uh, you're mentioning, and yeah. they need to be they need to be heard. You know. Yeah. Yep. Tony Estevs, Adam Clark. Oh yeah. No, oh, it just goes on and on, and, and I'm just trying to like I don't have a problem Tony's putting a podcast. Guy, on. Yeah, Tony Estevs, another guy. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Clark. He mentioned me to call on the show, and I, I'm always at Knuckles. Yeah, that's on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. But Tony Estes is, is an unbelievable uh, person, a great basketball coach. He taught a lot of these kids a lot of things that made them good players, girls, boys at New Bedford High School. Yeah, before people like me, Eddie Toppy, got a hold of them. You know what I'm trying to say? So true. Same could be said for Robbie Mendes and these guys that taught a lot of these kids at these younger ages. So, yeah, I um, 
I can't wait to have them all on there. And um, I'll definitely get this video to you. So you'll have, we'll always have this forever, you know. And um, But uh, I appreciate you, especially in short notice, making this happen for me. And um, I, I haven't forgotten the things that you've done, coaching my family members, you know, coaching, you know, my daughter, Shanae. I, I just, there's this so much gratitude I have for you. Um, but the one thing I'm fortunate with is being your friend. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate being your friend. And you need me for anything, please let me know. Yeah, and I, I, you know, you get you get all the love back, and you know that. I appreciate it. You was always a uh, strong supporter of mine. Uh, you, the Arnold Graces, it goes on and on. You know what I mean? And it was always, uh, you know, kids in general, but our community. You know what I'm trying to mm -hmm. say? Yep. And uh, and to me, a lot of it began with your father back in the day. You know. Thank you. So. Okay, thank you. And continue to do this is great, I think, what you do. And uh and I hope I was somewhat entertained. Yeah, you I was, got a million story, I probably yeah. got a million more. Seen, I put them down the envelope because I wanted to spend some time and get it out and just have fun with this. And it was well, more than what I thought, Charlie. So Yeah. Feel free. You come on anytime, you know, those stories uh um, we can put them on, on any podcast I'm on all the time. So, you know, you want to rap and maybe you and somebody else, if you want, we can do that too. So, um, I'm here for you or anybody else. If you, uh, want to get on here, we'll set it up. All right, Charles. All right, man. I love you. And, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Love you too. God bless you, brother. All right. God bless. All right. That was a great, great show. Um, Coach Gonzalez, loved the dude for a very long time. And um, those are the type of guests we want on here. And there's going to be some throughout this weekend. We have some good guests coming on. So stay tuned. And uh, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Really Charlie podcast. Continue to watch one of my favorite shows, The Wind Down wind down podcast on wnb1 radio tune in to all those fabulous djs when they're playing some music definitely support the local things that are going on around you love you guys god bless mask those beautiful faces hand sanitize your hands and wash them and stay safe god bless <laughs>